Welcome to the London Property Podcast, your go-to source for navigating the complex and ever-changing London real estate market. Our digital marketplace provides informative and educational content from industry leaders through podcasts and videos. We cover various aspects of the real estate experience, including buying and selling, finance, law, tax, construction, design, and more. Join us as we delve into the latest trends and developments in the market and gain valuable insights from our panel of experts. Hello and welcome to London Property, the home of Superprime. I'm your host, Farnas Fazaipour, and today we're welcoming Sylvina Paz back to the show for our market update. Welcome back. Thank you, Farnas. Thank you for having me. So, um, first of all, please tell us a bit about yourself and your experience in the marketplace before we speak about what's happening in the market today. I have been working in property in central London for the past 13 years. Until a month ago, my work was as a property consultant, which meant that I mostly uh, did searches uh, for clients to buy or rent properties. And I will occasionally also sell properties, mostly on an off-market basis. A month ago, I decided to join a state agent. I have joined London House. And I would think that I'm probably the only one in the market that is going on that direction because what we are seeing and we have continued to see in the, this year is lots of agents, especially the more experienced ones in the established big agencies, are leaving those positions to become buying agents and some are setting up their own uh, little boutique agency. Um, and I am a buying agent has gone and become a state agent. Well, welcome Thank on behalf you. of all the state agents. Uh, so can you please tell us, uh, in your opinion, which I always find it's quite lateral the way that you look at the market. So tell us, in your opinion, what you think is happening at the market at the moment and what 2023 has really been like. I think 2023 has been a roller coaster. It was notably very active at the very beginning and it's been active at the end but in the middle it was very quiet the summer particularly was very very quiet and i guess we owe that to the interest rate situation and uh, and the uncertainties about you know the wars both wars um that's, that's what it's been. It's been a very interesting year. Um, I think from the seller's mentalities, we are seeing that people are still stuck in their old numbers. They are still a little bit, you know, holding to whatever ambitions they had for their properties back uh, during lockdown times. And we've seen a few that are realizing, well, that's no longer the case. The market has changed. Sellers on the uh, buyers, on the other hand, are the opposite. They are very much thinking there should be discounts here and there. And so we are seeing this, you know, mismatch in the market between sellers and buyers. Of course, there are some sellers that have become more realistic and, um, you know, I reckon there are some that have a mortgage that they have seen their, you know, their numbers increase. In, and so if they need to sell, they, they need to become, you know, more savvy about it. 
It's interesting uh, what you're saying about the sellers becoming uh, more realistic. I think the one thing that sellers always forget is how long ago did you buy this and how much did you pay for it? Exactly. And let's just put things into perspective. Yes. What is the discount that you're actually yes. taking from your profit? You know, in a lot of cases, yes. some people, if they've been in the market long enough, they're getting double their money already. Or more. Or more. Or more. There are some people, especially in some parts of London, let's take Notting Hill, for example. You know, if you were, the, you've been there for more than 15 years, most likely you generously double whatever you put into, into your property, most likely maybe even triple whatever you pay for it. Um, however, I have to say that in many cases we are seeing now some properties in some areas, Nicebridge, Belgravia, we are getting sellers who are selling below what they pay for. And this is particularly the case if you bought in 2013, 2014. Because even though the prices have gone down and up during lockdown and there is demand, we are seeing that in many cases, those prices are not at the level they were back in 2014 and 13. And those people know that if they want to sell it, they will sell at a loss. That's true. And it's a matter of, you know, it, it, I was asking a client of mine who was trying to sell a property. I said, okay, well, if we're going to go to renting it now until the market picks up, hmm. what are your outgoings? He said, I'm never going to co cover my outgoings. So let's just concentrate on ma making less of an outgoing for me exactly. you know so waiting for the market to turn and, and yeah. waiting for less of an outgoing yeah so are you seeing any kind of trend even it is sporadic and and, and a weird market but are you seeing any kind of trend like money coming from certain countries or uh people buying for certain reasons there is definitely i mean there is definitely more american buyers than they were before in the last year, we've seen a huge influx of American buyers, um, dollar buyer, buyer uh, buyers. Uh, there is also definitely, I think one of the most interesting things that have happened is that the Middle Eastern buyers who traditionally bought in Nice Rich are now only one Mayfair. This is something that the Mayfair dynamic and the Mayfair public has changed and is changing. And I think at the moment, you know, um, they are, they, they have lots of dollars. <laughs> so I'm not surprised they can afford to buy properties in London. But even then, they are becoming very savvy too. They're not just going to buy for the sake of buying. Mayfair has really held up its prices mm. though, hasn't it? Compared mm. to the other little villages. Yes. Yeah. But May Mayfair is a, is, a, is a market on its own. It's not really... I, I would think there are three areas in London, in central London, that are their own bubble. One is Mayfair, the other is Notting Hill, and the other is St. John's Wood. They, there is always a public for those places. And, and you're now... So, so you've spent the past 13 years being more around southwest mm -hmm. West London, and now you're doing more work towards western North London. No. Is, no? No, I'm still you're doing... You're still everywhere. Yeah, still everywhere. But you're getting yes. more exposure to North London? A bit more exposure to North London, and yes. And what, what you're finding is going on over there at the moment? 
the same that is going on everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yes. And um, are you noticing that there's a there's an exodus of, of rental investors leaving the market? No. Good. No, no. Because according to the press, 38% of them are leaving, which no, makes no. me really worry about how are we going to ever find anything to rent in London? And No, but what, I, I, um, what I've noticed, and I think everybody has noticed, is that the rental market kind of has come down to a halt. There is like a, it kind of reach a certain ceiling, let's say, because, you know, I have a friend of mine who has a really nice flat in Belgravia. Their tenants left on the 4th of July. She didn't rent her flat. She was being too optimistic about her pricing? No, no her pricing was good. Her pricing was spot on. She got one offer and at the end the person changed her mind and then somebody else came and but they were asking. Renters are now becoming very picky too. Like uh, up to a few months ago, you know, when there was nothing to rent, people will take pretty much whatever. And now they come with a long list of demands. They have a lot of expectations on quality, don't they? And they have expectations on quality that you wouldn't have seen before in general. Because let's be honest, the rental market in London is not like it's a, you know, the quality is not really that great. For many, many years, the landlords here have got away with murder. Some, Some properties are like, you know, people, they don't care. They say, oh, it's a rental, as if, you know, but it's a lot of money. For most people, even very rich people, it's a lot of money, and they want something in exchange for their money. So if the property is expensive, and for most people, the properties in central London are expensive, they want things in return. So before, it was normal not to have aircon, but now people, if, if they pay £5,000 a week, well, guess what? They want an aircon in the master bedroom because London is hot now. It wasn't, but things have changed. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And also people are renting for, for, for way longer and way more longer. of a lifestyle. So they want yeah. their homes to be of a certain quality. Yeah, I, I, I actually got an inquiry on Friday of someone who is looking for a rental property and they want to rent for four years. And they are having trouble finding somewhere because most people don't want to rent that long. They, they have hopes that they're going to sell it or, you know, something like that. And this person is saying, well, I don't want to buy. I just want to rent. I can't find anything. Yeah. We'll talk about that off camera. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That's why I was thinking of you this morning. There you go. And at 8.45, <laughs> I am there and I'm thinking, okay, after nine, I'm going to, after I have a coffee, I'll call Farnas to talk about this. Five minutes later, I grab my phone. I have a message from her. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's the second time it's happened in three weeks. It's incredible. She was texting me while I was texting yeah. her at the same yeah. time. <laughs> Anyway, um, so no, the, I think, you know, the, the market is in a very interesting place at the moment, in, in both the sales and the rental market. Um, in the sales, we are seeing that all the agents, all the agents are saying, oh, gosh, next year, labor is coming. And so the big, big bad wolf is coming to town. So, you know, you should put your property on the market and sell it and so on and so forth. Um, 
And then you have buyers that are practical and they go like, you know what? If I can afford now, I'll go now. If not, I'll wait because mortgages have stabilized. Actually, some of them are coming down. So, you know, it's, it's a good time provided that the seller is realistic about what they what they're selling, right? But also I find that buyers, uh, you know, when, when they hear lots of bad press, yes. then they all become property experts yes, and they're waiting for the market to crash. Yes. And, you know, some bankers have been waiting for the market to crash for 25 years, yes. but the current buyers, you know, they're waiting for the market to crash or it's going to come down and they know better and they're going to wait. But yeah. I actually think it's not going to go any lower. The market is not going to crash. I don't think so. One thing that experience shows, and if you've been around for a little while, you know this, we already have the real big crisis here, which are the several increases and changes to stamp duty, which is the biggest tampering element in the property market. If we didn't have this, the property market will be very, very different. It will be far more dynamic. But what is going to happen is going to, we are going to go back to 2018, 2019. Did the market prices crash then? No. There was very little stock. There will be more of market properties and there will be very little stock. And if people get divorced or they need to move away or they die, they will sell. But if not, there isn't really a reason to sell. They will stay put. And that wait. is a fact. And wait. A lot of and people wait. can afford yes. to hold and wait. I read, I read a few months ago that in RBKC, 67% of the properties had no mortgage. None. So if, if almost three quarters of your market is not, you know, related, is not linked to the mortgage market, then it cannot crash. Very good point. And that third that is left, that is more, you know, that is exposed to the mortgage uh, market, I doubt very much that there are big exposures to it. Yes, of course, there are people that two years ago at 2%, 1% borrow big time, and maybe now they have an issue and they need to sell, but it will be a minority. It won't be a majority. And that will happen very quickly because when they need to remortgage is next year and they will need to sell or, or they will need to come up with some sort of idea to, you know, ride that until things stabilize. But it won't be, a, a, you know, a flooding of the market because people need to sell all of the sudden, all prices crashing. People are going to just hold because at the end of the day, we all need a place to live. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think that, you know, the people who are affected by, by the mortgage also, unless they really get pushed into a corner, a lot of people are just holding their breath. Yeah. And waiting. Yes. Because, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And you can see it with the mortgage products. Yeah. That they're becoming more affordable, yes. longer terms, yes. lower deposits. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the rescue package is on its way. I think so. And, you know, most people fear labor coming into market. And I have, I, 
I am no fan of any labor government. I want to make this very clear. But I do have a memory and I remember that the last good property market we all lived in this country was under Tony Blair's government. And Tony Blair was labor and Tony Blair is behind the current labor people candidate. So I'm not too sure that we are going to see all this bad news about, uh, you know, about people fearing the labor market. Because at the end of the day, the UK needs to attract investment uh, and it's, you know, at a disadvantage versus Italy, Spain, Portugal, Portugal no longer, but versus the France, even France now has done special tax deals for people. So if France has managed to do deals, why we are losing people to, to those countries, they need to do something to attract that and attract more investment. So I'm not so sure they're going to, you know, continue tampering uh, with the property market because they know it brings a lot of benefits to the economy. Well, they seem to be making changes in the business world. So exactly. let's hope that that's going to yeah. trickle down. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I never believe that it's a person or a government. Yes. I just think we go through cycles. Yes. You know, you're in an up cycle, down cycle, and whoever happens to be there is going to get the credit or not get the credit. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, so-and-so came, so everything went wrong. No, so-and-so came at a time yeah. in a cycle where things were changing, and yes, he's going to get the egg on his face. Before we, we say goodbye yeah. and, and thank you for joining us again, I'm going to ask you if you had a crystal ball, what is happening in 2024? If I had a crystal ball, I will not read any of this research that all the big agencies are publishing because in my experience, they're always wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that properties market, the property prices are going to crash or they're going to go up or down. Nobody knows what is going to happen because the reality is, as we have seen, there are lots of things happening in the world. Nobody has control on what's going on. And next year, we have not just labor or potentially labor here. We also have the American elections. And that has an impact, too, because in a market like London, where lots of the buyers are dollar based, whatever happened to the dollars has an impact on them and eventually their purchasing power or the desire to buy something. So... I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be a very interesting year. It's got to be busier than 2023. You've got to have that much of a crystal ball, please. <laughs> I don't know. I think we are going to see a lot of action. We probably, well, now it's very quiet until February, and then we're going to see a lot, a lot of action. Somebody told me, a mortgage broker told me, that there is a big chunk of these mortgages that they renew in April, in uh, February, March. So if we see some sort of movement, it should be around that time of the year that people that need to sell or need to do something, right? So I'm hoping there, and then we get the summer market that is always busy anyway, and then we'll see. We'll, well see what happens. <clears throat> we do these news bulletins every Tuesday, so... In preparation, I read a lot of news every week. Mm -hmm. And recently there was something saying that interest rates are probably going to come down around May. 
but it's never going to go back to 2%. I mean, no, not never. You never know this. But in the foreseeable future, it's not going to go down to 2%. It's going to stabilize somewhere around 375 or something like that, which means that, you know, we are going to be around 4%, which was traditionally what was always, you know, uh, the cost of a mortgage. Yeah, 5% was a good deal when I was buying. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to inviting you back to the show again in the near future. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of the London Property Podcast. Head over to our website where you can browse our exclusive network of top experts driving the market. As a member, you'll have direct access to our experts and their networks. Our award-winning content will help you choose the right professionals for your needs and make informed decisions about your investments. Personal recommendations are a powerful tool in connecting with trusted professionals. Let us introduce you to the right people to help you achieve your real estate goals. Contact us now to learn more about becoming a member and gaining access to these valuable resources or joining our directory of experts.